You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we have friend of SP Pace, Bill Bolton of BB Insurance Hub out of Leesburg, Virginia. He is an expert at business insurance, and he's going to come on to talk to us about cybersecurity and the different types of insurance and coverage that you might want to have because something that, uh, well, pretty much everything that isn't pandemic related has been overshadowed the past year, I'd say. And that it, with the shift to remote everything and digital everything, um, I mean, it's a good topic to talk about because uh, for a lot of people out there, I mean, we were on a Zoom earlier today where it's like, have, have you guys not used a computer before? Like, how did this, how did this happen? <laughs> We've been a pandemic for a year and everybody has been. How do you not know how to mute your Zoom? <laughs> exactly. So um, clearly it's still something that not everybody's mastered, even yeah. you know, in today's society. So we're going to talk a little bit about that before we bring Bill on. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a great topic and one that is very widespread in terms of, I think sometimes we forget how how we, I don't think we forget how much we rely on, you know, technology, but I think we tend to overlook some of the nefarious things that can happen as a result of technology. Well, sure. And with every, I mean, you cannot go online uh, anywhere without something popping up saying, Hey, use our app. Hey, use our app. It's better in the app. Well, first of all, is it, but second of all, like, everybody's just so like, I think now just accustomed to like, click, yes, install, click, yes, install. Like, what are you actually installing? Do you know? Right. Yeah. Great question. I, perfect example, I, you know, as Clubhouse is, you know, taking the world by storm less. So now I think people are growing tired of it, but, or less, they're less enamored by it. Although it's becoming available for um, Android users now, but I don't know how many people realize that Instagram put into their terms of service that they have the right to record you in Clubhouse and use that information. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. I mean, you talk to anybody nowadays and they they, they all have the story of, oh, I was just talking to my neighbor about uh, hammocks. And the next time I logged into whatever, there's an advertisement for hammocks on there. Like, I think like, yes, they are listening to you. Everybody's listening to you. Everybody's, especially if you've, uh, you know, went ahead and and installed your own um, eavesdropping device in your house uh, willingly, aka Alexa, OK Google, whatever. Google Play, is that what it's called? I don't even know either. I don't know, and I don't care because I don't have any of those in my house. Google Home, I don't know. Yeah, I was just thinking how we've come come full circle on the marketing piece, right? Because I remember when Seth Godin first, you know, introduced the concept of permission marketing, which you, most people still use in terms of, hey, do you want to sign up for my blog? But there are so many other ways that companies market to us now that have nothing to do with permission. They're just completely invasive where they're just like in your face. And you, in most instances, you have to go check a box to not let something happen versus 
checking a box to let it happen. It's crazy. Well, and how many of those uh, user terms, use of agreement contracts have you ever actually read? Or you just scroll to the bottom, hit accept and just keep going. Well, there's no way in hell I'm ever reading apples because it's like, I think they make it super long just so nobody will read them, right? I always try and I look and see, I have removed the ability for Apple to automatically make up those updates to my phone now, right? Like I, they have to get my permission to do it. And I will typically research now what's included in the update before I will take it. But inevitably you end up taking them. Well, you have to, like at a certain point you have to. Yeah, you do. Um, I did hear this funny story and this happened years ago, but you get, you get those, uh, you know, like credit card applications in the mail you used to. You get the credit card application in the mail that had like the the fake credit card or whatever, even yeah, a real yeah, credit, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and this guy, um, I don't remember where it was, but he took, like, he retyped the entire thing, except adjusted all of the terms so they are in his favor, signed it and sent it back. The company accepted it got his card he like i don't know he got like twenty thirty thousand dollars like out of the card and the bank like came after him and he was like hey and they took him to court and the judge looked he's like you guys signed the agreement so he just rewrote the agreement and sent it back to them because they didn't re- they didn't read bother to read the agreement that you know that that he signed <laughs> and they agreed <laughs> that's to it. fantastic yeah that's so fantastic. It, it can go both ways i'm sure there's yeah but you know when you think about cybersecurity, which i'm excited to hear bill talk about because if there's ever anybody who can really make you want to learn more about insurance and things in this nature, it's Bill. He's very good at what he does. So it'll be a great conversation. Um, Thinking about, you know, how many, how much information people willingly give up without even thinking about it. Like how many times I just said somebody the other day asked me to text them there. Hey, can you text me your credit card number? And I was like, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, no, like, I, absolutely not. I can call you. But then you start to think, what's the difference between calling? Because there's always somebody listening anyway, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, for me, it's nice to have that confirmation. Like, I'll get like every once in a while. And I mean, every once in a while, every two years or something like that. You, like, there's that weird text message that comes through or like a weird email and like, I, I, I will call because it's like, hey, you know, you're something's wrong with your bank account or whatever. And 99.999% of those are like a phishing scam or, yeah. or whatever. But if it looks legit enough, it's like, all right, well, let me call and talk to a human. Right. You know, and, and then and then figure out, OK, so I know like I went to their website and got their phone number. I'm not responding to whatever was sent to me and just say, Hey, I'm just making sure this is legit. And, and the same thing goes with, I mean, even if I get a text message from like a friend of mine and they wanted some sort of personal information, be like, I'm going to call you. Cause yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, with that, the technology, like the scam technology nowadays, like yeah. whatever it is. I mean, you know, I do that with my own brother and sister-in-law They're like something I'm like, just wait till I'm over there for dinner this week. <laughs> we can talk about it <laughs> yeah. then. We don't need to talk about yeah, this. We'll, we'll turn the music up real loud. So Alexa can't listen in. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, and think about, I don't know if this happens to you or not, um, but I get at least once a day, I'll get a text message from some business, air quote business, right? Like, hey, Netflix has given everybody a free year of service because of the pandemic. Click this link. And I'm like, how many people do you think are dumb enough to click it? Enough that it continues to happen. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, the nice thing for scammers is like nowadays with technology is it requires little to no effort 
And if your success rate is less than 1%, that's fine. If you're sending out a million of these things, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then you think too, you know, you know, obviously if you're going to talk about cybersecurity, you got to talk about passwords. Yeah. And that you should have different passwords for all of your accounts that now I have, I've got a throwaway password that I use and it's like, I've got some variations of it for accounts that don't have any financial information, financial or personal information yeah. or anything like that. It's like, Oh, you need to create an account to, you know, access this service or whatever. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. And I'm going to unsubscribe from your email as soon as I get the first one. But yeah, you know, having the same password for, I don't know, your bank and your credit cards and the IRS and all of that, probably not a good idea. Agreed. 100% agreement. Not a good idea. Yeah. And not a good idea. An interesting thing uh, that I read, and bef- we are going to have to stop here soon, but I'm going to leave on this note. One of the things that I read, like if my, my only tip on cybersecurity, and this is to uh, the people out there listening, the it is better to get your employees to create one really long, complicated password and have them never change it than to have them change it every six months or whatever it is, um, you know, like to- in Well, the because they get lazy. They get lazy. And it's like, I, I mean, uh, I remember talking to uh, a coworker at, at uh, the company we used to work for where they they had been there long enough that they had gone, they had, they had to start back over at zero, zero because they had already got to 99. They had been there long enough, but it was the same word, zero, one, zero, two, 87, <laughs> 88. And they're like, I just got the 99. So I'm back to zero, zero. <laughs> Oh my God, that's insane. When we're done recording, will you tell me who it is? Yes, yes. Um, So yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we'll bring Bill on to talk about insurance and cybersecurity. See you soon. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our newest course called Time Bomb. If you're ready to take control of your calendar, this course is for you. We guide you through all the steps you need to understand where you're spending your time, what your time is worth, and how to build out your days and weeks so that you can add more value to your business or just spend that time enjoying life. We have three options for you. The course, a bundle which includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time, and a boot camp where you'll get time in a small group setting to get the personalized help you need. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb. Take control of your calendar. Gain control of your life. All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Bill Bolton on from BB Insurance Hub, and he's going to talk about cybersecurity and other matters relating to insurance, etc. Welcome, Bill. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you, Julie and Corey, for having me on today. It's great to have you. This is long overdue, talking about business insurance, an extremely important topic that very few people like to actually engage in. It's very true. And uh, yeah, I've been looking forward forward to this for a long time as well. And yes, you are correct. Lots and lots of people look at it like a necessary evil, and I completely understand that. Yeah. You know, I would, I want to say historically, but not even, I mean, just more, more recently, you know, everybody's bombarded with all kinds of very cute commercials on, you know, about, uh, you know, bundling and saving money on insurance. So that's, it's been commoditized to a point that um, it's really dangerous. Uh, well, at least to think that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I think until I met you, I don't really, I've never really met anybody before who was so great at educating their customers on insurance. Right. And that's one of the things that I always say about you when, we're talking about insurance or somebody's looking for an insurance agent or they're starting a new business and need insurance. I'm like, dude, go talk to Bill because he will help you understand it to a way that you know what you're getting. So this is good because 
I think a lot of people um, tend to think that it's a boring and non-essential conversation and it's not, it's actually, you make it not boring at all. So I'm, I'm excited to dig uh-huh. into it. Um, it makes me happy. That's, it's part of the objective because I can get very nerdy with this stuff. Um, and you don't if, make it nerdy though at all. I know. Well, I, I try not. To, I mean, that's all the stuff I do in my little hole, you know, in, the, in a dark corner of my house. And so I can get all that stuff done and then come present it very comfortably you know, to, to one of my potential new clients. So it's, Excellent. I, I do have a way of simplifying it, I guess is the best way to put it. I can make sense out of the extremely intricate and confusing world that is insurance and uh, specific to commercial insurance. That's what yeah. we're talking about. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say one more nice thing to you and that's yeah. it. The rest of the time cool. I'm going to be- Man, okay. Fill my head up. I like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then we're going to come at you hard with the hard right. questions. But I will say this for anybody who's, everybody who's listening, I know we have referred a number of people to Bill and every person that we've referred talks about how amazing he is to work with and how easy he is, how good he is to his clients. Like you are really, really good with your clients. And that I hear from everybody that has you that we know. So that that's it. That's the last nice thing I'm saying. So now it's let's awesome. get to the tough questions. Yeah. Cause you know, damn well, I'm not going to give you any compliments. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you too long. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so uh, Bill, before we jump into questions, can you just give us a quick background on you, your business, why you're qualified to talk about insurance, et cetera? Sure. Yeah. I've uh, been in the industry for uh, just just over 15 years. Um, I have jumped around to quite a few different agencies over you know my my career, uh, both uh, large national brokerages to you know um, more independent you know medium sized companies and small local businesses uh, agencies anyways. Um, so I've seen a little bit of everything, and I you know tout my see myself to be a pretty smart cookie. So I've taken a lot of this information and retooled it uh, to better serve my clientele. And my, my, my own company, I just opened up at the beginning of 2020, which is a wonderful time to start a company right before everything shuts down due to a pandemic. Um, but it, that was, <laughs> you know, so they're look for the silver lining. It gave me time to get the infrastructure set up correctly. So, uh, I mean, that's, you know, the really qu- uh, the quick background, um, you know, just specific to insurance. I'm a Hokey. So go Hokies if anybody out there is listening. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, bro. Okay. <laughs> Those are the niceties we're over. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All the right. only person that cares is me, and I don't really even care. So that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's jump into it because you know over the past year, everybody the the pandemic has been by and large the only thing that people have talked about. Uh, not the only thing, but the it it is has been the 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 main topic of conversation. But with everybody moving to online to digital to doing everything that they possibly can without having to be in person. Um, I feel like there, there's been quite a large opportunity for the bad guys to uh, take advantage of all of that move to digital. So we wanted to talk about cyber insurance and uh, cybersecurity and all of that stuff. And that's something that I know that you work with because you work with the government and all of that. So you got to be pretty knowledgeable about how all of that stuff works. Very true. Um, and yeah, you said, you know, it, lately it's become an issue. No, this has been a hot topic for quite a long time, actually. Um, it's yes, now that there are more people online and, and more businesses are moving towards the internet, of course, you know, the exposure is going to be larger. Um, yeah, it does give more opportunities for the bad guys. Uh, but it is, you know, it is something that's been, you know, a very hot item for a long time. Um, the, basically, if you own a business, you need to have it, or at least some version of it. Um, it it's just a matter of time. It's, it, you know, if not when. Really, and he's you know I, I talk to people all the time and say, well, 
we're not collecting data, we're not storing the data, you know, we don't keep credit card numbers or we have no personal information. You know, we everything's on the cloud. I mean, there's always different reasons why you shouldn't buy it. And I understand it's an additional line item. It's another it's another expense is it, it will cost money. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You're buying a new product. Um, but it's one of those situations where if it's if not when, it's just it makes plenty of sense. And I don't have the, the statistics right here in front of me. But like, so you take, you know, fires, for example, that's the thing that people really think about when they think of, you know, what's going to happen to my business, a fire, what if there's a fire, I guess, for those that have brick and mortar, uh, but you know, so if a fire happens, I lose everything, you know, hopefully my insurance is going to pay for that. The, the short answer is most likely. I mean, that's relatively easy to cover. And of course, there's always caveats, but it's relatively an easy thing to just so yeah, if you have a fire, you're going to be okay. The likelihood of having a fire is so much, for, it's so much lower than the likelihood of having a cyber attack. It's not even worth, I mean, I, it's not even worth looking up the statistic, but there is one out there. Um, there's many of them out there, actually. So it's just, you know, you, you really want to ensure for, you know, possibility, not probability. I mean, that's really the idea. But this is so probable that if you don't have it, I would I'm going to recommend that you go out there and get at least something. Now, there are um, there are different, you know, there's varying levels like any any other insurance you know, policy or product. And I call I call insurance policies contracts, by the way, because they are. So if you hear me say contract, I'm going to use them interchangeably with the word policy because they are a unilateral contracts. So there are varying levels of insurance contracts out there that you can purchase. Um, <clears throat> you can get a, you know, a basic little module of, you know, cyber liability, and it can mean all kinds of different stuff added to your general liability policy for a relatively low amount of money. And we're talking, you know, a few hundred dollars a year. And so we're not talking about something that's going to break the bank. Um, if you're trying to get a standalone policy, of course, that's going to cost a little bit more, but the policies are ro more robust. So you're covering, you know, first and third party damages. So your own company, as well as other organizations at that point, um, you know, so, you know, any third third party lawsuits or third party damages, you know, so that's important to take a look at as well. One of the items that, and this, this is more of a historical point of view, and this is starting to change dramatically right now is that there really wasn't much of a crossover between cyber liability insurance and management liability insurance. And there's some areas that they do touch, but one of the biggest ones was crime and um, social engineering. And that's really, and I'll get into, get into a little more detail about that, is typically covered or historically covered under a crime policy, which is has nothing to do with cyber liability. Um, Really, what social engineering is, is when you add that human element into the mix. Uh, the, the, the example I always give people, and this literally happened to actually a, a couple of my clients, uh, CFO or whoever it is that's really in charge of the money is out of town on vacation. And then the director of finance gets an email directly from the CFO. It looks like the CFO's email. It has their signature. It has It is from the CFO. And it said, Holy crap, I forgot to send $250,000 to this bank account. They just changed it. I need you to send this right away. Director of Finance says, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I'm right on it. They send that money. Unfortunately, it turns out that was social engineering. Somebody figured out who's who, you know, figured out who's in charge of doing what, maybe found out that they were going on vacation, or maybe they were just rolling the dice and hit, hit a good one. Um, but in any event, that's the social engineering, an example of social engineering 
and there's of course different exam you know there's different levels of that as well but sure. that typically was not covered by cyber it is more and more now it's just something that you needed to pay attention to with the management liability policy okay so yeah let's go back to somebody who's just got their their online retailer you know they sell whatever it is just something simple. lip balm yeah lip balm uh whatever yeah. it is so they're all set up for everything but when you know the their website, uh, they go through, let's say, like Shopify. They use Stripe to process their payments. They don't store any of the information, whatever. Is there still that level of protection for them as the the retailer? I know that, like, if 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 I got hacked, like people could still come after me. But essentially, I could pass the buck on to whoever whoever should be su supplying that security. Sure. Um... Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's multiple answers within all of that. So um, the short answer is yes. I mean, small businesses, you know, the small mom and pops, small, you know, mom and pops, the, the small, um, you know, like I said, brick and mortar kind of stores or even e-commerce. I mean, yes, there are policies out there set up for smaller businesses. Um, I mentioned before, you could probably get, you know, a small you know, part of it added to your existing coverage for relatively little money. Um, even as you, if you want to get a standalone policy, the way that they're underwritten, it's of course of varying factors, how they quantify what you're going to pay. But one of the big ones is revenue. So if you don't have a lot of revenue, they're not going to charge you much. So it's, it doesn't cost much. So there are opportunities for them to get it. And then you mentioned, you know, if you are, you know, and this is the way that all lawsuits work. Um, even if, you know, you're supposed to be passing the buck to somebody else, or if it really is somebody else that's, that's at fault. If there is a third party that's going to sue, they're actually going to sue every party involved. Um, if there's a lawsuit now outside of that, if you actually are responsible for a hack, you're still, you know, you're still required, you know, to notify everybody that's ever been on your system that costs money. Um, there's regulatory fines, there's, you know, fees and fines you have to take care of There's credit monitoring that you're required to pay for. And that's just if you're if their information may have been compromised. So I mean, even without a lawsuit, there's still expenses that you have to take care of, legally have to take care of, if your system has been compromised in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess the quick answer is yes, there, there's those available availabilities out there. Um, one more quick note, because a lot of small businesses think, and, and I understand this type of thinking, I own a small business as well. However, uh, you know, they think that I'm not the target. I'm not going to be the business that these companies want to go after. And in a lot of circumstances, you're right, but I can guarantee you it's a lot easier to get in and through your system as a small business owner than it is to get into the big boys. But there's a back door through your system to get into theirs. So a lot of the times, like really good hackers, what they will do is start at the bottom and start working their way up. Um, and these are all the kinds of, and listen, you know, there's, there's certain things you should have in place prior to insurance, but this is something that, you know, the crap's already hit the fan and how am I going to pay for this? That's what this is really designed to do. That's a really good point on being the back door into the bigger companies' systems and something that probably most people don't think of. I This may be the same question Corey just at, asked you in a different format. I'm not entirely sure. I am curious, are there any businesses that don't need to consider cyber insurance? Really? I mean, honestly, no. I mean, if you have a computer, 
if you're storing any data client information if you if you have an email address yeah you should have something what if it's an aol email address <laughs> even i know you're yeah, you're pervious to hacks their <laughs> technology was so far advanced back in the 90s that you no longer have to worry about it either that or it's so antiquated now that nobody would even know what to do with it right i'm also thinking anybody who has an aol email address that's <laughs> using it probably ne really needs cyber insurance because that means they're really behind on everything <laughs> yeah no so it, literally if you have a business it is something that you at least need to look into um and you know again there's a possibility that you already have a small amount included i mean if it if cash flow is really a big issue there is a good chance that you may have you know a, they call it a sub limit you know a small limit within your policy for something like this you know just make sure that you have at least something if cash flow is that a cash flow is that big of an issue um if you have the money to do it if you and if you haven't done it already like do it now <laughs> like seriously because it is just a matter of time before this happens now you know there's some you're going to start seeing this more and more actually because it's typically not required by contract and i don't mean insurance contracts i mean when you are entering into a contract with another company or some, you know whoever it is a lease agreement um it's typically not required that's starting to change though I'm starting to see it creep in way more these days, and particularly particularly those that are doing anything IT related, um, or you know doing business with any kind of a whether it be a municipality or, or the federal government or who who state local governments. I mean, it, I'm starting to see it creep into contracts more and more. But um, pretty much any business, I mean, it's just a it's a good business practice <laughs> to look at it and probably have it in place. Yeah, and that's it. Definitely is something that I don't think that many people think of because you know it. Again, like you said, like a, a fire is real. I can see a fire. I can feel a fire. I can imagine my stuff burning. But like the the cyber crimes are so it's it's digital. Like I mean, I, you know, I've I've had my credit card numbers stolen a handful of times. And it's one of those things. Like I don't even really like nowadays like think twice about it because my credit cards generally have like, they've got the, the fraud protection already. So I get a phone call at, you know, six 30 in the morning with like, did you just try and buy $300 or something at Walmart? And I'm like, Nope, <laughs> just go ahead and just cancel that card. And they're like, cool. Well, you know, we'll get this figured out. And it's, it's, but it's fake money. You know, it's something you don't really think about. So yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. Do you, um, that's, that's all right on an individual basis, but when you're, yeah you know, touching other people so sorry julie i didn't mean to interrupt you what were you that's saying okay that's okay you had me at touching other people so <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you um is that what, one of the things i'm not supposed to say is that <laughs> <laughs> what would you so for people that already for business owners who already have business insurance and they reach out to their current um, broker or agent and ask them about cyber security, like, hey, what's my coverage or what do I have in place or do I need this? If they get the answer back, nah, you're good, you don't really need it. What should they do to pursue it to make sure that they have the pro proper coverage? Well, call me, no, I'm just kidding. So, I just, <laughs> so you, um, first of all, if you're working with somebody and they haven't brought it up to you, there's that that's a red flag already 
um because this is i mean it's, it's it's so rampant it really is just a it, it's happening all the time whether you know it or not and that's the other scary thing um so if it hasn't been brought up yet you know if you're the one bringing it up to them it's probably a red flag uh if you do bring it up to them they should have a, a really good and really quick answer for you um and look I, i'm i could be wrong it may, there might be an exception to the rule where there may be a company that really doesn't need it at all you know like my daughter's lemonade stand probably not a big cyber threat you know it's <laughs> not a big not a big target so i mean I, i'm sure that there are some businesses out there um but i i I mean, you know, I, you just, that's a great question. Cause I mean, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think about it and I can't think of one. Um, so uh, it, if you have to bring it up to them and they don't have a good answer, another red flag. Okay. Um, you know, I, it, then you, you, I guess the other part of your question was what, uh, how do you pursue it thereafter? Yeah. Okay. Um, so first and foremost, you should trust the person you're working with. This is an important piece of business infrastructure. So whoever, whoever you're working with, there has to be a layer of trust there. But if they don't have the right answer, there are plenty of resources out there. You can look on, uh, I mean, it, it, you can Google it. There's a million, I mean, there's stuff on my website about this. Um, there are a million resources out there that can point you in the right direction. And typically of an independent agent, um, there are different types of in insurance agents and brokers out there. There are some that have expertise in commercial insurance. And if you are getting business or commercial insurance, you should be working with an expert in that field. Um, and there's plenty, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of direction online about that. Um, IRMI.com is a great resource for just basic insurance knowledge. There's not a, a lot, not a lot of, um yeah I mean, there's really no you know direct advertising from insurance agents on that site so it really is just information um you can go to the independent insurance agents of virginia it's the iiav.org i mean there's that's uh i mean that whole organization is made out of people like me just agency owners okay um so there, i mean that would be a good place to start um so i have another question for you do you have any tips like what's a tip that you could give to you know small business owners to help them better protect themselves against an attack okay uh great question um you know i mentioned this very briefly so th this is this is not the i mean this is one of the first things you want to get but you you do want to have uh somebody handling your it uh, much better than I mean, for example, than I did when I first got going, you know, I was like, I got McAfee, I'm good. And that is, you know what, that's fine and dandy for the first six months or a year you're in business. But once you start getting clients and, and things start to move, <clears throat> you really do need to have, you know, an IT professional get some things in place. And there are those out there that will do, they'll do certain scans and certain, you know, types of tests to your system to make sure that you know that the patches are fixed within you know your firewalls and all the, everything is set up the way it should be um is that 100 percent effective no nothing is because these guys are really I, they're tricky and you know just the social engineering stuff i was telling you about there is you know one year where i had five or six clients they were all going through different cyber related claims like all at the same time and they were all completely different from one another. And it was really interesting learning all the 
you know, the different ways that people can be like, ha, got you figured out. Money's mine now. Um, so it, I would start with, you know, a good, good IT person. You need to have policies in place. So if you have employees, you know, if they have something that comes up that looks tricky, have it send them directly to you. Or if you have an IT person to the IT, you know, whoever the IT professional is that's helping you out, if there's a help desk or something like that, um, if it doesn't look like it's correct, they should not have the ability to send money to anybody. Unless it's a much larger organization and then you, you should have other checks and balances in place. You should have policies, other like internal policies in place to protect your company and your money. Um, but if you're a small business, they should not have the ability to go into, I mean, you know, your bank account, for example, you know, there's, there should be certain things in place to protect the assets of your company. Kind of like Corey doesn't give me access to any of the money. That's, that's our protection is I can't, I have no access. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I'm not going to dive inside of what your organization is doing <laughs> right now. But that sounds like a great idea, Corey. I'm yeah, gonna, don't worry. I'm paranoid <laughs> enough. I'm, I'm paranoid enough that uh, nothing's getting by me. Yeah, um, that, yeah that you, <laughs> it's bad enough that you have access to it. Yeah. So um, real quick, Bill, we are going to, um, we're going to have to wrap up here in a second. Yeah, man. So uh, can you give us one quick tip for everybody out there and then tell everybody how they can reach you? One quick tip. Um <clears throat> I, you know what? I mentioned this earlier in the first step, find somebody that you, you can trust and, and that, that knows your market, that knows your industry, that know, and knows, knows insurance inside and out. Find one person. If you try to work with more than one, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Find one agent that knows his shit. That's, that's the, the first thing you should do. There's a million tips after that, but that's step one. Um, and how to contact me. I mean, really the best way to contact me is, you know, just check out my website. It's uh, bbinsurancehub.com. Uh, the rest of my contact information is right on there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. It's just, you know, Bill Bolton. And awesome. uh, that's the, those are the two main ways to contact me. I, you know, as you guys know, I, I, I'm not a big Facebooker. No, you're not. No. And for those of you with really sharp ears, Bill is our intro voice on BizQuick Podcast. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so if you've that's been accurate, listening yeah. and wondering, yes, they are one in the same. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that plug. I, I yeah, <laughs> that was that was another fun project. Yes. <laughs> um, great. Well, thanks again, Bill, for all the information and joining the show. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, and all of that information that Bill gave will be in the show notes. You can connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and oh, hey, we have a YouTube channel. You can also reach us on sbpace.com. And you can subscribe to our pod on whatever uh, platform you're on listening to this particular podcast. Like us, give us a review, and give us any feedback you might have on the podcast. We love feedback. We really, really do. You can also reach out, reach out to us about topics. If there's something you're interested in learning more about, let us know, and we'll do everything we can to get a guest on the show to cover it, or we might even just cover it ourselves. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show... Fill out a form on sbpace.com and we'll get back to you right quick. Oh, hey, we wrote a book. 
It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. And it comes with a companion workbook. That's right. And if you've already purchased the book, head out to Amazon and rate and review our book because we greatly appreciate all of the reviews. One star, five star, doesn't matter. Go out there and give us a review. But that's it for today's podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.